You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave, and each week at the Football Radio Show, we give you our expert insight, analysis, and opinions on the top trending stories in the NFL. Dave. Are you ready, bro? You got that right, my friend. <laughs> All right, then. It is an area in which we call the trend zone. And today nice. we'll talk our fantasy go-backs of the week, our survival picks, um, some seats that are heating up there. Woo! Uh, disgusting display of football uh, down at Big D. Oh. And, of course, we'll look forward to some of the biggest games Oh, my God, dude. Week 10, bro. Wow, dude. It's slipping away. That's a different <laughs> show, but still. <laughs> still. It's still slipping away. Damn. You gotta, you I say know that they're, us- they're usually for the peoples, but after the debacle that was Monday night, I need a tasty nug. <laughs> All right. I'll start off with the good. It's the good and the bad and the not so good. Not so good. But the uh, Chargers quarterback Philip Rivers, dude, uh, he's got 200 consecutive starts. That started in September 11th. 2006. So he's the fourth quarterback in NFL history to log at least 200 consecutive starts. That's along with Favre, who's got 297. That'll, I don't know if that'll be touched ever. Then Manning at 210, and other Manning, that is Eli first, and then Peyton at 208. So Rivers uh, looking to pass Peyton Manning pretty quick and then still finish the season one behind Eli. So the Chargers have had two quarterbacks. That's right. <laughs> 200 starts in a row. That's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. And on the bad side, although it's really exciting for NFL fans in general, Mahomes, dude, uh, in wow. his first 10 starts, 29 TDs, 30, 3,185 yards. Both are the most by a player in his first 10 games uh, in the NFL. Uh, dude is the first guy to ever pass for at least 3,000 yards in his first 10 games. Very, very exciting uh, young quarterback for the Chefs, man. This is guy. This guy's Brett Favre kind of reincarnated, you know, moving around, gunslinger. He's really exciting. Fun to watch, dude. Big time. And then on the downside, dude, uh, Adam Thielen, uh, streak of 100-yard receiving games ends at 8. Um that ties him with the record, I believe, and and one short of setting the record. But, man, what a great start uh, for Adam Thielen. Yeah, man, uh, this season is explosive out there. All offenses except for the Cowboys are <laughs> scoring points <laughs> <laughs> record numbers, Dave. So, um, well, speaking of Cowboys, bro. Yeah, get going. We're starting to hear the rumblings. Des Bryant to the Saints. They uh, He had a work out there in New Orleans. They liked what they um, saw from him. Yeah. And uh, that would be a very interesting and I think great fit for the organization and the player. Absolutely, dude. And and if Des Bryant plays hardball with the Saints right now, he has to fire his agent, dude. <laughs> he needs to get signed uh, to that contract. Whatever they offer him, find a way to get in there because Drew Brees is going to use him right and figure out how to make him look good out there. He's still got plenty left in the tank. Drew Brees is going to make those 50 ball, 50-50 balls, uh, 80-20 balls, and Des Bryant's going to look great, and he's going to reinvent himself, dude, and he's going to be on a playoff caliber slash Super Bowl caliber football team. Yeah. Oh, Dave, did you know that um, the Thursday following Thanksgiving, there's a team, uh, New Orleans Saints, are going to play the Dallas Cowboys. 
<laughs> I hear that one's in Dallas, Casey. I'm sure uh -huh. Des will get a warm uh, welcome back to uh, Jera World. Will be so warm after he scores three TDs. <laughs> they wish the best. Not that day, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Dave, and another big name out there, still a no-show, yeah. Mr. Le'Veon Bell, though. He's got to get uh, the Steelers before next Tuesday, or he's SOL. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's really thinking here, but if he does show up by Tuesday, I think he pulls almost $6 million uh, in pay this year. So that's good money, but also he... In order to, to avoid any funky business and get himself into unrestricted free agency next year, um, he needs to be in there for the, at least those six games. And obviously, I imagine he will do that. I don't think he's crazy enough to uh, to jeopardize his free agency next year. This is what he's been sitting out for. Yeah, and it's, it'd be weird, though, working him back into that offense because you can't yeah. just have a guy like there can't punish him by not playing him, but at right. the same time, Connor's been absolutely crushing it, and you don't really yes. want to screw with the mojo. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's the case, but I'm sure he's going to get, I mean, how would he, he's a, He's he's going to get at least 50% of the touches, I would say probably right up to wow. 75% initially, once he gets back into, um, you know, football shape. And we'll see, because when you sit out this long, uh, sometimes you get injured on your way back to football shape. So we'll see if that's the case, or if he pulls up a mystery injury uh, and is unable to play, but still shows up and gets his games in. Uh, so he gets to his regency. Obviously, there's going to be some awkwardness in that locker room. All right, we'll find out next Tuesday. Yeah, no doubt about it, dude. Whew. All right, Casey, coaches on the hot seat. Um, there's a lot of them. But let's start. Let's start with maybe the hottest guy and something close to home for you. It's Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, dude. He's been there for a long time. Um, it, does he deserve to be on the hot seat? How? I mean, you watched the game on Monday. You tell me. <laughs> that. Absolutely. You know, um, the team just lacks discipline. A ton of mistakes. A ton of penalties, and yeah. they're just obviously not going in the right direction, man. Um, I've been a huge Garrett supporter, man. I thought I, I really thought for a while he was an up and coming star in this league. Right. And um, you know, coaching in the NFL, dude, the message gets stale. The message gets stale when you're winning a bunch of games. So when you're not, <laughs> it tends to go uh, south a lot quicker. And yeah. the Cowboys have a ton of problems all around on that team, but. If the players are constantly doing the same mistake and you're not getting results, you got to look past the players, and that definitely falls on the coaching staff. So, um, not optimistic about the rest of this season, though. So, dude, if they uh, their schedule gets brutal too, a couple games with the, the Eagles, we mentioned the uh, the the Saints there. They got the Falcons and the Skins. So um, brutal. Yeah, come midway December, we might that might be one of the first couple openings we see. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's is getting hot. Still time to rectify it. Do I think that's going to happen? I do not. Yeah, well, Jerry, you know, that's like basically his one of his sons there with Jason Garrett. That's his yeah. project there. But Jerry, you know, he always looks first at to first at himself, and then when he realizes he's not at fault, <laughs> then he has to blame somebody else. So Jason Garrett, I'm sorry, it looks like you're in big trouble. Other quarterbacks possibly in trouble: uh, Dirk Cutter, uh, Todd Bowles, John Harbaugh, Adam Gase, Vance Joseph, Mike McCarthy, and Pete Carroll. The one those are not very hot seats for me, but Vance. Vance Joseph for the Broncos is the one that stands out to me. Last year, they lost the last eight straight games on that team. I thought he was gone last year. I thought that that would have made a lot of sense. But John Elway did not want to admit his mistake. But now he may have 
to if this team can't turn it around this year. Uh, they might win their first. They might lose their first back-to-back seasons since seventy-one, seventy-two. Wow, that's not good. The shine's starting to come out. Vance Joseph in a big way, and John Elway. Yeah, dude. I don't think it was Vance that uh, drafted Paxton Lynch, Brock Mm-mm. Osweiler, Mm-mm. or uh, Trevor Simeon. So, yeah, or Chad um, Kelly for that matter. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> at least Chad Kelly likes to party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Let's get it going, Dave. Let's yeah. crank this thing up with the survivor pool, or as we like to call it, three strikes. Oh, yeah. It's so much, so much softer. Three strikes, dude. Most popular correct this week, Chicago over Buffalo, following the theme of who's playing Buffalo this week. Uh, that was more than 32% of the people with that correct pick. Most popular incorrect. I'm sorry, Casey. I'm going to lay it on you. It was your Cowboys over the Tennessee Titans. Nearly 15% of the people uh, were knocked out or took a strike in that scenario. Yeah, it wasn't me because I went with Kansas City Chiefs and they rolled. So uh, I was clearly not going to take the Cowboys. <laughs> Next week, Casey, it uh, looks like Kansas City over Arizona is the uh, over uh, overwhelming favorite uh, for teams if you still have Kansas City left uh, remarkably at this point in the season. All right, Dave, it's the people's segment right here. Fantasy <laughs> go-back starts of the week. Did That's right. you win? And if you didn't... Could you have? I did win, Casey, but I could have uh, gotten almost 23 more points if I'd have benched Lamar Miller after a couple of big weeks uh, and put in Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman with a 27-6 and uh, Lamar with just a 4.8. But uh, I still won, and it wouldn't have got me into the points uh, bonus money. So uh, no no harm, no foul. Yeah, Dave, here in the biz, we don't really call that a go-back start of the week (laughs) four-point differential. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm gonna, it was I'm gonna a 23-point differential. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. I feel you on that one. Yeah, yeah I um, started Deshaun Watson hmm. over uh, Matty Ice, and it was a 12-point difference there. But um, I got blowed out because uh, the tight end Skittles there in San Francisco tasted <laughs> uh, the rainbow, dude, and went off for like 17 points non-PPR. <laughs> Skittles is killing it this year, dude, man. Who saw that Ball. thing coming? All right, Dave, let's get to the good stuff, brother. Yeah. We got a bunch of awesome games in For week sure. 10, and Thursday night is back on a, a, a hot sketch. Dude, no doubt about it. This is a good one. It's the Carolina Panthers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both these teams playing good football. Steelers at home favored by four. Yeah, but how about these Panthers, dude? They are really starting to be a complete team, man, and mm-hmm. it's getting impressive. Christian McCaffrey, dude, over 150 uh, scrimmage yards last week, had two TDs. Looking for his third game in a row, Dave, where he scores twice. Cam Newton's playing um, some pretty good football there as well. Devin Funches is coming on, but I think uh, the return of Greg Olsen healthy and scoring touchdowns, man, that's a sweet spot for um, Cam there. And DJ Moore is looking really solid in his first year, dude. But how about Mario, Super Mario Addison, bro? He leads the team with seven and a half sacks. And last week he had three of those bad boys and a forced fumble. Man, Carolina is looking like a sweet squad, dude. No doubt about that, dude. I mean, both these teams playing excellent football. But this Steelers team coming off a huge win against the Panthers divisionally. Um, and Ravens. What's that? Against the Ravens. I'm sorry. Okay, of no. course, they're playing the Panthers this week. Um, but you know what? James Conner James continues to be extremely productive uh, at the line of scrimmage. Um, this this game in Pittsburgh is uh, going to be 
obviously a huge battle between two of the, the, the teams that are sort of emerging as, as playoff caliber teams. So one of the bigger games this weekend, um, we'll see uh, what happens here. It's going to be very exciting. All right, Dave, we've got another sweet one coming up. The New Orleans Saints at the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Saints are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, man, and this Saints team, uh, obviously, Breeze playing exceptionally well, having coming off that victory um, uh, against the uh, New uh, Los Angeles Rams, rather, and scoring a crap load of points against a really good Rams defense. They are really clicking at 7-1 and one right now. And this uh, Bengals team also, uh, nothing to be... Uh, you know, uh, sniff, uh, they have to be reckoned with for sure. So, um, obviously though, Alvin Kamara playing exceptionally well for, for the saints. Um, this is just going to be one of the, the premier games of the weekend. Uh, I mean, I'm super excited. Yeah, dude, since he could really get a statement win if they're able to beat these <laughs> saints, dude, but they're going to have to do it without A.J. Green, and that worries me a little oh, bit. They said he's not yeah. going to have to have the surgery, but he's out at least a couple of weeks, and that's been Andy Dalton's dude uh, for his whole um, time there in Cincinnati. But you know what? Tyler Boyd has been pretty sweet this year too, so um, it's not as easy when you're going from that number two receiver to the number one where all eyes are on you, but Joe Mixon in the backfield has done a little bit of everything for this mm-hmm. squad really starting to get that run game going and he can contribute in the pass game too. So if Andy Dalton can avoid the big mistake and keep it clean, um, you know, this, this would be a great win for the Bengals, but man, those saints look tough. (laughs) Big time, dude. All right. Up next, it is the new England Patriots at the Tennessee Titans Patriots on the road in this one, but favored by seven. Yeah, I got a little rematch of last year's AFC Divisional um, game that New England basically stomped Tennessee. But, man, what a nice win for the Patriots last week. Kind of like a kitten just batting that little mouse around with the Packers last week. (laughs) And um, don't look now, dude, but Josh Gordon and Tom Brady are starting to get their chemistry, man. Mm -hmm. You got Julian Edelman back in the mix, but, you know, you're, you're not getting what you thought you would out of Gronk due to the injuries. But Josh Gordon's in there, man. That's getting really exciting. If they get your guy Sonny Michelle back, yeah, all of a sudden that e- offense is lights out, baby, and that's a wrap. It's amazing how they can keep adding pieces to this thing each year and uh, stay relevant. And that defense looked pretty awesome against Aaron Rodgers last week, especially when he wanted to scramble and do some things. He got hit a lot. So, um, what do you can, what can you say about the Patriots or the Patriots? Yeah, yes, they are, and that is why uh, the Titans have their hands full. But at least the Titans are at home. You know, they lost that close one uh, to the Chargers um, in London. They had the week off. They took care of business last week against your Cowboys. This Titans team has won some games against some pretty good teams and then come up short on other weeks. So uh, it's a little bit of a mystery team. But um, Marcus Mariota... Yeah, you know, he can run the football, obviously, but he's actually been very efficient passing the football as well. Some really high percentage games. I think he was uh, mid-70 percentages in the last two games. And um, as disappointing as Derrick Henry has been, he still is a physical presence, and I still think he, he can get it put together. But Deion Lewis has been a real, real nice, versatile guy running the football. He just knows how to cut and, and shake and, and, and move and fall forward and also receive 
the ball out of the backfield. Corey Davis, the young receiver uh, leading the team in catches, still has a lot of room to grow. All right, up next, we've got the Miami Dolphins at the Green Bay Packers, and the Packer nine-point favorites at home. Yeah, man, and these Dolphins, I'll tell you what, um, talk about another team that's kind of, uh, you know, hot and cold or whatever, hit and miss. This Dolphins team started off 3-0. They're now sitting at 5-4, fi- uh, and four, and it's a little bit of a mystery team, you know. Um, we don't know what the status of the quarterback is. Uh, are they going to still... Uh, is it Osweiler's team? Because he had that relationship with Gase back that went back to Denver when when uh, when Osweiler was playing his best football, and we don't know what the injury status is, um, uh, you know, for the incumbent quarterback there. But Miami, you know, very uh, very interesting football team, a surprising five and four at this point. But this would be a very pivotal game uh, for them to see: uh, are they which direction are they headed? certainly, and heading to Green Bay, uh, you'll get some answers. Yeah, and Green Bay, man, sitting there at 3-4-1, coming off of back-to-back losses, man. This is not a good time to be facing them. Nope. <laughs> so many injuries on that that team, though. Um, it's kind of starting to take its toll a little bit. What I do like in the backfield, it looks like Aaron Jones is starting to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, once they ship Montgomery out, Jones has kind of stepped ahead of those other guys. And with Aaron Rodgers, dude, you're going to be in any game anyway. So, um they really struggled as a team last week against the Patriots, but who hasn't struggled against the Patriots? So um, I like the pack at home. Uh, I think Miami's catching them at a bad time, and the pack yeah. better start stacking some wins or they're going to be watching the playoffs at home just like the Cowboys. Oof. All right, up next, we have got the Seattle Seahawks at the IR Los Angeles Rams. Rams um, coming off that loss, but... At home, favored by 10. Big spread there. Wow. Yeah, Divisional dude, uh, matchup. Yeah, see, I was going to look at that one, and that may be a, a play that uh, disrespect chip being a double-digit underdog there. I'm coming off a, char- a tough loss against your Chargers last week. You guys nailed a couple field goals and some extra points, and that game's put away, but a couple mistakes, and the Seahawks hung right in there. Um, they did lose Chris Carson last week. I'm not sure what his status going forward. They had the pull growing. So if he misses some time, it's going to be unfortunate because they're really starting to get that run game going. Mike Davis has been okay, but Chris Carson was starting to show a little baby beast mode action back there. And, um, you know, that defense all of a sudden, dude, um, it was not the Legion of Boom anymore last year. It looked like it was all fading, and they run out of a lot of those big stars. But this defense is playing pretty damn good right now, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they're leading the way with uh, a plus nine turnover ratio. So, um, you know, the Seahawks are, we talked about it early in the season. I thought they'd be a little bit better than, you know, maybe everybody else thought. But uh, this would be a win that would be nice to get down at the road. They already lost to the Rams at home in Seattle. So um, to keep their playoff hopes alive, any dream of the division, man, got to get a win on Sunday. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would, I would, yeah. This is uh, this is the slamming the door shut on the division as the um, obviously the Seattle is uh, four, four and four, right? And, yeah. and the Rams are eight and one. So this is uh, obviously this would slam the door shut on anything uh, remotely uh, about the division. But th- this is a bad time to catch the Rams coming off that their first defeat uh, as they lose to the uh, to the uh, Saints last week in a shootout, but. 
You look at this Rams team, dude, and every time that they've lost, they've bounced back with a multiple game win streak under Sean McVay yeah. over the last handful of years. And this would not surprise me, even though obviously this is a divisional game. So you can kind of throw the records out a little bit, but this one's in Los Angeles and this is uh, again off that loss. Jared Goff has been playing exceptionally well this year. His quarterback rating nearly 113 on the season. Todd Gurley uh, leads the NFL with 1,230 scrimmage yards and 16 touchdowns, dude. So the guy's lighting it up. And Aaron Donald on the other side is really showing God. us why he was really worth all the money. The dude has got 10 sacks. Uh, he is an absolute wrecking crew all by himself. The, the cornerbacks are a little bit banged up for the Rams, but the Seahawks really don't threaten too much. And uh, ultimately, I would be a little bit afraid for uh, Russell Wilson in this game. He works his magic and everything, but he takes a ton of sacks, and the Rams are going to go after him, man. going to be a good one. Can't wait. All right, up next, it is the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles at home, uh, favored by six in this. Uh, both these teams really need a win. Casey, talk about your Cowboys. Oh, yeah, I did. At three and five, their one loss from it being uh, the season is over, Dave. But uh, mm-hmm. offense has been abysmal at best. Man, we saw it on Monday night. They struggled to score 14 points, and that was with a couple turnovers from the Titans in Titans territory. So um, just, uh, you know, the offense is not good. (laughs) You know, so I don't know how they're going to go into Philly and beat these guys. You know, this should be their best game of the season. We should see what the Cowboys are all about on Sunday night because if there was ever time they needed to win, it had to come now. But unfortunately, from what I've seen, they're, um, you know, they commit a ton of penalties and make key mistakes at crucial times. So I actually expect more of the same from them on that. And um, that's bad news because these world champs look like they're waking up from their hangover, Dave. Yeah. And that's the key. Uh, they are the world champs. Both these teams, as you mentioned, they are struggling uh, to get a win here. Uh, you know, Eagles at four and four is one of the more surprising stories uh, of the, the of the year. But they're coming off their bye. Uh, you know, how much have they gotten right uh, in the last couple of weeks? And um, they're still struggling at the running position. They brought in uh, Josh Adams, the former Notre Dame guy who was an undrafted uh, running back. And he actually had gave them a little burst uh, with 61 rushing yards last, last game. Um, I have a feeling they're going to get him back into the mix. He's a little, he's, he's actually a big play guy, but he's got is more of a physical presence as well uh, compared to small warden and, and Clement. Um, and obviously you know, they've got some receiving weapons. Uh, you know, it's been kind of basically almost a year since Carson Wentz's injury. And obviously, you know, he's playing and stuff. But that, you know, that's a, multiple torn ligaments is something, you know, significant to come back from to get to back to 100%. Um, but uh, this would be a real good time for the Eagles to sort of turn the corner um, and, and get a big divisional win against the Cowboys. Yeah, both teams are heading to Philly, but they are definitely going in different directions. Yeah, that could be the case. We'll see how it turns out. All right, Dave, so many ways that people out there can check out the football radio show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's what should be your first move. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. 
or if you want to just kick it old school, footballradioshow.com. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. For Dave, I'm Casey. We are the football dudes, and we are out.